0: Sarah McCormack. My name is Brian Fury.
1: My name is Nicola Duncan.
0: My name is Zach Hanna. My name is Mark Ryan. I'm a mountain runner. I'm a mountain runner. I'm a mountain runner.
1: I'm a mountain runner.
0: I'm a mountain runner. A mountain runner. Hi, my name is Harriet and I'm a mountain runner. You're listening to Trail Running Ireland. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs>
1: For our feature interview this week, it's a really special one for me personally, as it's great that I'm getting to interview one of my own best friends and teammates in the running world, especially for the one-year anniversary show. Really great to have Mark Ryan with us today. Mark Ryan has 12 caps for the Irish international mountain running team. He was the European Masters mountain running champion in 2014 and has had some stellar performances in road and cross country as well. He's the type of guy that inspires others around him, and someone that you were always happy to have on your team as you went into battle in races myself and Mark actually had an online running business together a few years back some of you might remember it Sub so Four running store and we used to really enjoy the Dublin Marathon Expo and um, where I remember one year we had some brilliant and um, nice cheap and cheerful Dublin Marathon compression t-shirts that went down really well so really looking forward to this one everyone apologies that the sound isn't quite as sharp as I would like it but I think everybody will find something to take away from this interview with mark everybody enjoy mark ryan you're very welcome to trail running ireland
0: thanks Alan. thanks for having me on the show
1: a real pleasure mark as i was saying in the so there We've been on many a team together, so uh, it it was always great to share Irish teams with you, Rafarnam teams with you, and to have you on the podcast is a real treat
0: as well. Yeah, look, I've I've been listening, and and, um, it's it's great what you're doing. No surprise, it's going really well for you, so yeah, thanks for having me on the show.
1: Thanks a little, Mark. And listen, Mark, let's get straight into it, because (laughs) I want to bring the listeners back to June 2014, Poland, a real special day, because... You've been nearly 20 years running now, competing on a high level, both nationally and internationally with Raffarnham, with the Irish mountain running team, on 12 occasions, as I said in the intro. But on that day, in June 2014, you were European Masters mountain running champion. Um, it must have been a special day to hear the national anthem being played with your Irish teammates, of course, as well. Maybe bring us back to that day, Mark, and what are your memories when you were a champion of Europe?
0: Yeah, like, it, it's, you know, it was one of the best days I had in, in running terms. Um, if you had said to me back at the start of the year in 2014, would that have happened? I wouldn't have believed it because of where I was coming from in terms of injuries and stuff. So, But, but, but getting to the race itself, I mean, the training had gone really well the previous six months. I was pretty confident going into it. Um, that I would do well, I, you know, the course. I done I'd done a bit of research around the course and stuff, and and I suppose the the start list and who was going to be there, and you know, I did I kind of fancy my chances at, at doing doing decent in in the race itself. So, but yeah, it, it was really special. Like you know, <laughs> to to stand on the podium to hear the Irish national anthem was probably something you know as a kid I would or would have dreamed of maybe doing, and if it actually happened, yeah, it was it was it was special. I have to say. And you were the first
1: male Irish runner To win at a European uh, Masters level as well, Mark Which was even more special And in fairness to the girls The girls had actually been there before We had had a couple of Irish winners Ashleen Coppinger, who I think was an over 35s champion. Max Green and won it in 2008, women's over 50, Donna Mahan an over 35 champion, and Helen White in 2010. So the, so the first Irish bloke <coughs> to bring home a gold medal. Uh, yeah. Even more special.
0: Yeah, and uh, like it's actually something I, I kind of suppose found out afterwards, but I didn't know it at the time. I was really just at the start of the year, as I said, I was coming from a bad place injury-wise. I'd been out for a long time and really at the start of the year I just wanted to get fit and then as the year progressed and I had a lot of consistency which I'd never really had in the previous number of years, you know, I just said, like, this is it, I'm 35 now. I knew I was good in the mountains and I just fancied, you know, going over there and giving it a crack and giving it my best and, you know, everything in the build-up to that race, it just went so well. I remember doing a, a race out in Rahaney and, Around really well. I won the race, and then also just before, before there was a great preparation over in the UK, the the Keswick Trail Race. Um, So a lot of good international runners, um, Ireland, England, Scotland, Wales, and I think I came maybe six that day, six or seven, maybe that day. And you know, I was good shape going into it, so I was pretty confident of doing well, but. And once I got over there, like in, in terms of preparation for it, Brian McMahon again came over with me to support. We went over a little bit earlier. So we got the chance to to run the course. And once I ran the course, I, I just knew it was kind of suited to me. It was a I think it was maybe nine and a half, ten K race, and it was a, it wasn't as steep a climb as what you would see in in some of the other European and world championship races. Um, so the course really suited me and I, you know it was just it was just one of them things that all kind of clicked together and yeah, it was just it was some some weekend. It was a fantastic day. You know, I really enjoyed it.
1: And you would have broken um, local hearts, Mark, as well, because I was reading the race report, and there was a poor Polish guy who I'm sure was dreaming of winning the European Championships on his home turf, so to speak. But I think the the Polish athlete Piotr con um, and he must have been devastated that day he was beaten into silver medalist and there was a czech athlete in third i think so to to take the gold medal away from the local runners and um, was a great achievement
0: yeah like uh, uh, you go to these kind of master events i suppose and for people in europe to have to kind of pay your own way to get there it was a difficult place to get there i remember you know it was planes trains cars a bit of walking and um, so it was a difficult place to get there so there was, a, in all the age categories, a lot of uh, Polish runners in it. So, yeah, I knew it would be up against some some competition there. But, um, you know, I was just so determined that day. Everything kind of came together. And in the race itself, I remember going out maybe the first mile into the race. And I just felt so good. And I was in a group and maybe five or six of us. Um, and I just gradually you know, put the foot down a little bit and pulled away. And, you know, I'd say maybe a clamor to go. I, I knew I had a huge gap. And, you know, I was kind of just thinking running up the last climb, like this is it, like I'm actually going to win the European Championship. So it was, it was fantastic, yeah. Great okay. experience, great yeah. memories.
1: Yeah. A, a great day and a great result. And you followed that performance up, Mark, with a bronze medal a couple of months later in Austria, in the World Masters Championships. So I'm just interested to, to hear if you can remember what you were thinking back then. I you mean, you're European champion, you were going into the Worlds, which I suppose is a step up again. But I know you're always a very confident runner. You're always ready for battle. And can you remember what you were thinking going into the Worlds? What Was your target to, to get onto the podium, which you did with a fantastic bronze medal? Or, or were you going in there to actually to try and become a, a world champion?
0: Yeah, like again, uh, you know... The conference I got from the Europeans, it kind of reminded me that I could still do it at a good level. So the training went really well again. And I knew Telfez, which is where it was on in Austria. I'd ran there back in 2009 in the European Championship. So I had experience of the actual course, which really helped and was a, a little bit of an advantage, I suppose. Um, so I knew what to expect. And again, the beauty, I suppose, online, you can see the start list. you could see who was in it. I knew it was going to be a lot tougher than the Europeans. There was going to be really good competition there, but again, nothing to lose, and training was going better than ever. I had had probably the best consistency of training, maybe six, seven, eight months of training, which you know in previous five, six years I would never have got that. So I was actually confident going over there, and again, we had a good team, a good gang of Irish went over, Um, club mates as well, and and Paul Fleming and and Peter Farrell and John Brooks as well as another guy that came over. So you know, going into the race, I. You know, you know, I, I hope to get on the podium. That was the target, to get on the podium. What colour medal, I suppose, was, you know, would be, so be, would be. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a great race again. Like, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, and you were up against, I mean, not only some of the best Masters athletes in the world in that race, but they were some of the best senior athletes as well. Yeah, I think the gold yeah. medalist that day was Eric Blake, who um, I think was on the podium in the World Senior Long Distance, and trail running mountain running event as well so to be in that company oh, just showed the, the quality <laughs> of the performance that day and as I said you mightn't have been an individual uh, world champion but you were a team world champion on oh, no side yeah. no, it was bronze medal for the guys for yourself Peter, exactly Paul, yeah Paul it was bronze medal you scored <coughs> the podium as a team as well
0: yeah, so like I, I knew Eric was going to be the favorite going into the race, so it would be very difficult to beat him. Like I, I, knew he'd done well in in, in previous Europe, or sorry, World Championships, like he would have been a regular in the top twenty. I think he maybe got as high as tenth maybe one year. Um, so he was, you know, he was going to be the favorite, but I knew the course again, and I knew it was kind of flat at the start, so I kind of went out with the intention of getting a gap because I knew it got really steep in sections. I got a bit of a lead going into the the, the major climbs, then I kind of fell back a bit. But most of the race, I was kind of in second place, and coming up the last bit, I remember there was an American guy closing me down, and all I kept on thinking was, "I have to hang on here, like this bronze medal is up for grabs." Like, and again, just to go back, the injuries that I had, it, it just really, it, it just willed me to to get up there and get that medal because he was closing hard, and of all the races and all the years of running, like definitely was it was the it was the most satisfying i suppose medal to ever win like it was it even meant more to me than the europeans because i really had to dig deep i really had to put the body on the line and as i said the guy was closing the medal was maybe maybe slipping away but we dug really deep and i remember collapsing across the finish line with, with pure exhaustion but you know it was all worth it um and then just to see the other irish guys coming in we didn't know at the time we we're standing at the top and there was a bar at the top um of the mountain in Telfez. Um, so we were having a couple of drinks, just kind of celebrating, I suppose. I got the bronze medal, I knew that. And then we got word that one of the American guys, they had a team of three, and one of the guys actually dropped out. He had a bit of an injury and dropped out. So we ended up getting boosted up to third place. So we knew we got team bronze as well. And it was just like, it was such a high, like for the, for all of us, like over there. It was, it was a great weekend away, like great times, yeah. great memories.
1: As you said, like you were inspired by, you know, the the Irish football teams back in the eighties and and nineties, Big Jack's teams. Yeah. And, you know that that was probably your Euro '88 and Italian '90 moment. And and I'm sure you won't mind me sharing with the listeners that um, you got, I think, that jersey. Was it that singlet framed with that medal mark and um, with a lovely photograph of, of that race? Was that the one that's that has been? It, up it, in the world? it is, yeah. Yes.
0: So like 2014 was such a good year and. My mother said you need to kind of you need to kind of capture that. And so I had the two team medals and then the, the European medal and put the single in it. And yeah, it, it reminds me like it was it was a great year and great times, like so a nice little treasure to have in the house.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned um coming back for injury, Mark, and it's a great story of of, of determination and resilience and hopefully some people that are listening in might might find something from the story that will help them in their own comebacks from injuries or whatever it might be at the moment. But I might use a, a photograph of that race in Albania in 2011 and maybe share the photograph when we published the, the podcast yeah. of when you had that fall. And I, I was showing the, the photograph here to the, the Jennifer there Did and I just when we were doing a bit of research for the interview yeah. today. And it, it was a photograph that... You know, typified Mark Ryan, the runner. Um, you're battling for for one of the high places at the at the World Championships. Mark Mountain winning World Championships, trying to be the first Irishman home, given everything on a very tricky descent. You can see the strength in the legs as you're coming down, trying to stay upright, yeah, given everything. The picture you're about. Body on the line, but then a nasty fall. And yeah injury and um, tell us about that race the fall and and the tough time that you had after that
0: yeah like uh, just to, to go through like uh, i i took a bit of this out just prior to coming on and i, I knew i had a lot of injuries but it just kind of reminds me how many i had like uh, i had five surgeries between 2008 and 2013 um a couple of hernia operations ankle surgery and, and knee surgery ultimately but going into that race i was i was going really well And um, when again when i got to the, the course we had a really strong Irish team i just fancied that day everything about it i just I was just really confident going into the race and i remember it was so warm it was it was a really brutal course and it was like a construction site in the middle of the city in albania um, but I remember even before the warm-up, it was, I could see the different nationalities and teams and athletes, they were kind of doing the wrong warm-up and build-up. And it was so hot, they had these army tents. So I remember just going into the army tent thinking, I need to keep my body cool here. I remember just lying down. I didn't do much of a warm-up at all and I just thought to myself, I'll ease into this one. And it was a three-lap up and down course, so going into the first lap, I knew Brian McMahon, he, you know, he's led many an Irish team home. I knew he'd be the, the guy to try and be on the Irish team, so he was strong on the first climb, and it, but I had him in my sights, and you know I kind of ran be, behind him, but, but tracking him all the way in the first lap, and then coming down the first lap, I was just descending so well. The photo you mentioned there was a really dangerous, um, tricky descent section. It was like gravelly sand, and I just I suppose I got a bit excited because I was descending so well. I put the hammer down. was taking I was passing people out and stuff, and I kind of just ran off the course took a nasty, I did pretty much a somersault and fell, smacked my knee either off a rock or a tree, I don't know what it was but I, I hit the deck basically and within a couple of seconds I kind of bounced back up the adrenaline kind of kicked in um, my knee was sore but I was like, you know where do you go, do you, do you jog home feel sorry for yourself or do you just keep going and for the next maybe kilometre I got going again and um, you know, the knee was hurt me, but, you know, the, I think the adrenaline just kicks in and, and I still had that belief that I could do well in the race, which, you know, we ultimately did. I came 26th and I was catching people on every lap and I let the Irish team home that day and it was, you know, it was, again, it was a great day in the Irish West.
1: Yeah, and I think the Irish team came ninth that day, a top 10 yeah. in the world, Mark, and as we know from being on many an Irish team together that... It's so hard, especially in in the men's um, category. To get an Irish team, to get any team into the top 10, because the, the quality of the other teams are always very, very, very strong, very, very good. And that a realistic game nearly for us at times is to get into the top 10. If we get into the top yeah. 10, we're doing well. We often haven't done it over the last 15 years. But that day, the Irish team did let home by yourself with Brian McMahon, Barry Minnick and I think James Cavan as well. Brian Fury and Ian Conroy were there, and 6 men as well.
0: Yeah, we we'd such a strong team and we all packed really well. Um every, all the guys ran well that day and um in really tough conditions. It was so warm and it was a really tough course. Um but yeah, like I suppose at the time when it when it happened and you know, I was on such a high coming twenty-six, I just I didn't know what was around the corner. I knew I'd done damage to my knee and you know, subsequently <laughs> that was the last race down. I didn't run for two and a half years after that because of the injury. So it was a bittersweet in a way. I had the high of coming so well. And, you know, you'd like to think you could kick on from that and, and do better at these championships. But, yeah, I ended up missing two and a half years with injury um, and surgery, ultimately.
1: Yeah, but, but you still came back, Mark. And, and even before that race, yeah. you mentioned four or five surgeries before that. You've completed marathons since then. You've, you've got back onto to the Irish team. Numerous occasions since then as well. So what is it, do you think, winning you that just that never give in attitude, never die attitude, always willing to fight and to come back and be overcome those injuries and, and never be beaten.
0: Yeah, I suppose you just have to have that belief that you can, you can, you know, things happen and, you know, you just have to kind of figure it out and, and, and get better. I suppose the body will naturally heal as well and I know if that's surgery, but the body, I've had other injuries and the body does heal with time and I suppose with the right treatments, etc. and, and, I'm figuring out the problems that you have, but um, yeah, there's something inside you and, and people, you, you just, I always had the belief that I could do well and I wanted to do more and I knew it wasn't finished. So I suppose that drive was still there to, you know, as I said, I, I came 26th in the worlds. You know, I actually believed I could, I could maybe go better again and, and get a higher place finish. Never actually happened, but you know, I still made Irish teams and and, and did well again and I overcame the injuries that I have and and, and touched wood like a, that was, the, that was the last surgery I had back in 2013 and, and I've, I haven't really been injured since then and, and things have been good.
1: Maybe the, one of the reasons, Mark, why you, you've always been so successful and so determined to come back from those injuries is that every summer you have the opportunity to to live that boyhood dream of uh, representing your country in sport. You know, the two of us are from yeah. a generation yeah. where we grew up watching and um, those great Irish football teams watching great Irish athletes like Eamon Coughlin, John Tracy, Sonia O'Sullivan. So for us to do that in our own special way on the Irish mountain running team, you know, w- what a motivation that is. So may- maybe that's the thing for listeners of all levels to take that, to, to have a dream. And no matter what um, barriers you're presented with, what injuries you're presented with, to always have a dream and never give up on it.
0: Exactly that. Like, you know, I recently just watched the Jack Charlton documentary, and, uh, you know, you're looking back in 1990 and 1988, um, the football, the frenzy, the buzz around, you know, the Irish team. And, you know, that kind of inspired me to, you know, you wanted to represent your country, whether it be football um, or running or whatever it may be. That was the dream to to do that. And, like you said there, you've been on these trips to, like, Little mini Olympics, you go away, there's all these different countries, there's a buzz, you know, you, you do the parade through the town and the start, you, you recce the course, and you know, and then there's the race and the event and the medals, and it, it wraps up. It's such a big event, the Europeans and the worlds for me. Like, in, and every year, the start of the year, it's always one of the first things I do is where are they on, what do I need to do to get in shape, to get, you know, ready for the trials and, and try and make the team for starters, and then, and obviously, then be in shape to, to do well at these competitions because. You know, you never know when the when it's gonna be your last one. So every year I kinda of tried to focus and get ready for them.
1: Yeah, and before yeah. before your your mental running career, Mark, and even during your mental running career as well you had some stellar performances on the road and on cross-country with a Rafarnam singled on. So maybe if you just leave the mountains aside for a couple of minutes, what was it that, first of all, got you into running and maybe who inspired you um, on your running career over the years?
0: Yeah, I suppose when I was a kid, I, I... I ran, you know, maybe 9s, under 10s. I would have ran in the community games. I actually ran for West Dublin as a kid. Um, but then I suppose, again, just to tie back in, it, it, the football frenzy kicked off with the Irish team. And I kind of tore my hand, to, I suppose, to, to football then. And I was a pretty handy football player. And I ended up doing well at the football. So I got as far as playing for League of Ireland. I was up playing for St. Pat's and stuff. But my uncle, he, you know, he was a big inspiration because... He I knew he ran for Ireland. You know, back then I didn't really understand the times and stuff and how good he was, but he was a huge inspiration to kind of get me going and I kind of lost my way a little bit with with the football. Um and, and I remember I just saying to me, Why don't you this you know pre season? Just come out running with me. And and that's what happened. I, I just started meeting up a couple of days a week, coming home from work, meeting him and going for 30, 40 minute runs. And he just said, You know, you have to doing a bit of training now, would you not try a race? And I said, yeah, okay, let's do it. And he said, we have, there's a PHA race on the beach. and it was actually his company's race, ESB. And he said, come along and do that. And I remember turning up to the race. And, you know, again, I was a young enough guy. I was 23, 24. And um, I remember on the start line <laughs> in my football gear, you know, lining up against runners. But not to disrespect them, but they were a lot older than me. And I was thinking, I'm actually going to do well here today. And I, I think it came 10th or 11th maybe that day and battling it out. And I, I couldn't believe the standard that they were at um but the buzz of that race it just it just kind of inspired me that this is what i want to do like i want to you know have a a great mentor and aim and to 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 guide me i suppose and you know just from that day i just really wanted to do running running was my thing and i kind of knocked the football never went back playing football that was it. never looked back the
1: the aemon that you're talking about mark in case people don't know it's um aemon Tierney. Who was a two hour, 16 minute marathon man who, you know, who would have been in very good company back in the day. His his friends, his training partners and racing partners would have been the likes of Jerry Cairn and so on. So Eamon was a international class marathoner. Yeah. And he still does a lot of coaching now. You can still see him at races, cross-country races, road races. He's, he's a wonderful, wonderful inspiration for, for many a person. And, and maybe I might just share with the listeners, Mark, our own story and how the two of us met. That was maybe about a year or so after Eamon, I think, first got you out racing. And I was in the in the bathroom pre race before a race in Rohini. I think it was a was it a five k charity yeah, race? Right, man, yeah. You might you might remember the name of it. I can't think of the name of it. And then you were you were ahead of me in the queue for the bathroom, and I kind of you know looked you up and down and said, oh, yeah, that, that guy that guy looks decent. He seems to have the kit on him. You had progressed from the football short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I said, how oh, you doing, mate? You running tonight? And he, and he said to me, yeah yeah I'm running. Yeah, I think you want to look me up and down as well. Exactly. And he, yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, then the two of us ended up in the, in the lead group in the race. The two of us had, we're just starting off, of course, you had maybe a couple of months training and um, more than I had. And I, I'll never forget about just over halfway in the race, Eamon um, was actually in the lead group with us, with one or two of his master's buddies. And all I can remember was Eamon shouting, Go, Mark, time to go. Move, Mark, move. move. <laughs> and Mike, yeah. so. Off you went. You pushed away from the league group, and you took the win last and um, that night. And I think I had a sprint in with one of Eamon's buddies for maybe third place. And that was how we met each other. How I met Eamon. and what a what an inspiration he's had on the two of us. And uh, we, we've come a long way since 2004 in SA yeah. Dance Park in that charity
0: race. Yeah, like I remember that. Well, that's you know, that was the first time we met each other and yeah, equally like you were saying, I looked up and now I'm thinking, geez, this guy's good, it's gonna to be tough here today. Um But yeah, in the race itself, in the group, I suppose we were so both of us, um we were novices essentially, so we were running probably comfortably enough. And I do remember I remember him saying go and like a lunatic, I bolted away from the group and then maybe a couple of hundred meters of the road I realized I actually went too fast It was kind of hanging on. Um but, yeah, it was, it was good times. And, and look, Eamon, for me, he, he was such a great guy to have on my corner. He would always give you the confidence that you could come back from injury or you could do well in races. And, you know, he had this belief that, well, if he thinks I can do it, well, maybe I can do it. Um, so I was kind of blessed in that way to have him there to guide me. And then, yeah, he took me down to Rafarnam. And, you know, you know, what a group of guys that we had down there and a great team spirit that we had. Sure, and that's
1: what I was maybe going to ask you about next, Mark, was that that was maybe one of your first wins on the road. But what other highlights do you have, apart from the mountains and all those great days in an Irish singlet, what other highlights do you have from your road and cross-country days?
0: Um, Yeah, the cross-country. I really love the cross-country. Maybe because more so... I seemed to be running well in the in the winter and I'd always seem to pick up injuries in the in the springtime and always miss the track season. But cross country I think because it wasn't really about the times, it was, you know, dependent on the course and the you know, it was really muddy and bad conditions. I kinda loved that. I kinda loved the tougher for the better. And um I remember one year I came in the national short course. They used to have the long and the short course. I came fourth one year in the national short course, which you know, I remember it was a good, strong feeling that day, and it was, you know, it was a senior race, and was delighted to do that. And um, another time, I, I picked up a medal, a bronze medal in the national indoors in the three k, and again, good quality guys. Mark Christie won it that day. I remember he was flying, and um, Brian Maher I think was second. I was third, and um, the other one would have been maybe. The Dublin Cross Country as a team. You remember yourself. You were part of that winning team when we won out in, in Raheny. Um, our club had never won the Dublin Cross Country, um, and we really gelled that year. And we put a big focus and emphasis on trying to do well as a team and try and win it. And um, because we had a great squad of players yourself, um, Barry Minnock, Paul Fleming, Sean Hare, um, and a, a load of other guys. We had ten or twelve guys, you know, all. With the same focus, and you know, that, that was a special time to, to win the team medals. I still had the photos, like yourself, you probably still have the photos. That was a great time. So, yeah, a lot of great days on the, on the cross country in particular. Yeah,
1: and I mean, for anybody listening in, like I think the two of us would say to to look out and um, look for your local club. You know, when things open Absolutely. back up over the summertime, I mean, get down to your club, your club mates, your, your club coaches, because you can really form. Great memories and great days in, in groups like that and, and in races like that where the whole club are out and training together. And yeah, as you said, like the, the best memories that we have are the two of us, along with Barry Minnick yeah. and Sean Hare and Paul Fleming beating lumps out of each other. Yeah. And the Phoenix Parker in McFarnham getting ready for races. And, um, and thankfully, we, we got some good results. Now, we picked up lots of injuries along the way. Yeah. And probably overtraining at times as well. Um, but, you know, we left everything out there and, and got, got a few nice medals and lots of great memories, mm-hmm. I think, to boot as well.
0: I would say to anybody that's considering joining a club I know personally myself I, I when I started off and I was always fairly fit I still had that feeling that geez I could never join a running club you know just real runners down there I'd, I'd never fit in so there's that little bit of fear but the beauty of it is when you, when you go down to a running club there's all different levels um, and you just find your your place within the club but the structure and the support that you get within the clubs and the people you meet and, you know, they're like-minded people and, you know, it, it, it gets you out and keeps you fit and healthy. And, you know, anybody that's thinking of joining but are, are kind of sitting on the fence, I say, just just go do it. And things open back up, get involved and you won't regret it. Like, and as I said, I've met friends that are, are going to be friends for life.
1: Yeah, yeah. we, we mentioned Eamon Tierney and of course Adam Jones had a big influence as well down in Rafarnam too he he was a great and still is of course a, a great coach down in Raffernum. one other thing Mark that I wanted to ask you about as well is that you've managed to combine all these great results all this hard training injury rehab which is very time consuming as well combine everything with a very busy job with a busy family life three kids that you have now so any tips or advice that you could give to the listeners about trying to combine all that training and racing and doing so well with all the other responsibilities and commitments that life brings with it as well?
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, the last number of years, yeah, in particular, the, the kids, and it has been harder, I suppose, to keep to that high level of training. Um, I, I'm going back prior to the, the kids came along. A Saturday morning, we'd, we'd be doing maybe sessions at a 10 o'clock on a Saturday and a long run starting at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock, you know, at my leisure. um, My wife may be off doing her own gym and, and, and fitness stuff that she would do. And we had so much more time, I suppose. But when the kids came along, you know, I didn't want that impact on family life, etc. So for me, it was just about getting up early. I get up early every day. All my running is, is done in the morning time. So for me, it just works if I get up early get the training done and then the whole day is, is for yourself and your family and whatever you need to do because inevitably if something will come along if you plan on doing a run in the evening something may happen or you might have to do something you won't get around to it and for me it was just it, would want, it would want to keep running to the level I do and I need to make the sacrifice and get up earlier you know like so this morning I was up at 20 past 6 out the door 20 to 7 starting the session at 7 o'clock back in the door 10 past 8 you know that yeah, that's yeah. Just, it, it works for me now and that's one very interesting,
1: Mark. As well, is that a lot of those running, um, a lot of those running training sessions, they were done on a treadmill as well. Even during those years when you've been qualifying for Ireland and still belting out great runs and great performances, a very high percentage of your training were done in the early hours of the morning, when the kids are asleep in bed, a couple of rooms beside you, when you're on a treadmill. So, I mean, where there's a will, there's a way
0: exactly you just kind of work with what you have and I suppose the logistics of getting kids to school etc and my wife would have started work early and for me yeah, I would I would need to get up early and run. And, you know, I didn't particularly like running on the treadmill. Um, But I trained for the Manchester Marathon, which I I did, was my first marathon. I really wanted to do well in the marathon. And the only way to do that was running on the treadmill early in the morning because I, I could still mind the kids while my wife was at work and, and they're in bed and I was down pounding away, doing 40, 50 miles a week in the treadmill. That's, I suppose, I didn't have to do it, but I wanted to do it because I, I still had believed I, I could do well and. and and run at a good level, so.
1: Yeah, and one other thing I've always noticed, Mark, as well, is that you've always had a desire to try and find the edge, whether it be gear-wise, recovery-wise, always willing to try new things and, and push the boat out. And legal, train legal a deep. <laughs> um So maybe two quick questions. And The first one was, are you doing anything interesting now to help recovery-wise, to help get the edge in training? And then the second one was maybe key sessions as you're getting ready for a mountain, season as we come into the summertime so maybe the first one first anything you found recently that uh that is helping performance and recovery wise because, in fairness, over the years you're always the first one to have the best recovery drinks, the best gels, the best running shoes, and that <laughs> as well.
0: Yeah, like yeah, I suppose you're, you're always looking for the edge. I, I, I've tried a few gadgets over the years, and I'm sure we're, I remember buying the power breed was one thing. And my wife used to slide me every night going to bed, and I'm breathing into this apparatus saying I'm going to make my lungs stronger, which you know. I don't know. <laughs> it was a bit crazy. I remember, um, I remember
1: you, but, you rocked up the training once with the Robbie Fowler nose plasters as well.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I gave them know. a go as well. They were all the rage back then. Yeah. So, like, yeah, look, I, I was always going to try stuff. Um, legal, as I said. Um, I found, like, ice baths and, and, and the, the warm baths now. I'm more fond of the warm baths than the ice baths now. But um, I think the key really is to kind of, you have to look after your body and um, you have to listen to your body more as you get older and i would i, I would tend to get regular at massage treatments i go to a guy called eugene brady i've been going to him pretty much since 2014 and he's kept me good he, i haven't really had many injuries since then and, and in terms of what have i tried recently i try i don't drink coffee so i always knew there was the benefits of caffeine so a, a good friend of ours and um, recommended these things called caffeine bullets so I was like, oh, I must give this a go. Like, I don't have to drink the coffee because I don't like it. So I tried the caffeine bullet in training and I was building up to uh, the Berlin Marathon. I remember taking one of these in training and doing a long, I think it was like an 18-mile hard run. And I mean, the focus that I got from it and, you know, I got a great kick out of it. really, really seemed to help me. I was thinking, geez, this is the way forward. This is going to help me. And I remember prior to the race, I asked the same guy, would he what, what would he recommend for the marathon? He said, well, take one on the morning at the race. Um, or before the race and then bring one which you in your pocket and maybe halfway through take the other one so, so i took this caffeine bullet halfway through the race in the berlin marathon and i mean uh, i thought i'd never get to a toilet it just i obviously had too much caffeine in my system not being used to it and uh, that was just one thing that i tried like
1: i remember um... A few of us were trying to get our beetroot juice at the time as well, yeah. and we were all a bit worried when we were going to the bathroom, and uh, the colour of our pee pee going to the bathroom was 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 dark purple. Um, and yeah. hopefully, we got some performance benefit from it as well. The second question mark was: as we're coming into the summertime now, and as I'm sure you're probably ramping up for an attack on the mountains again, well, what key session would you have that you that you think is a, a fundamental part of getting ready for? for your mountain races, which are the shorter ones, which are typically maybe
0: anything from 10K. 8K to, to 12K? Yeah, so I suppose I have the experience now. I know exactly what works and what I need to do and, and how many weeks of it that I need to do. Um, one of my favourite ones will be the, down in Kilmarshaw, which we're normally train up around Ferry Castle. Um, we would start and, and maybe two minutes up, one minute down is a great session. And you will find as you get fitter, as the weeks go on, you're jogging back on your woman to recovery. You're actually jogging back quite good. And y- you can tell your fitness is getting better. And then the other one would be, we would normally try to replicate what the Europeans or world champions would be. So we don't have, I suppose, the hills to run for 60 minutes uphill directly. So we would try and do maybe four or five, six mile tempo in Marley Park. And then from that, you would have a three mile climb then straight up to the top of Fairy Castle. So you're kind of, you're tiring out the legs for, you know, maybe 20 30, to 25 minutes, and then you're going straight into a, a long hill climb, which is kind of trying to replicate as best we can, um what the the Europeans or the World Championships may be like. So, they're they're kind of the key sessions that I would do. And as I said, you would start at the start of the season and start doing them, and you gradually feel yourself getting stronger and fitter, and you know you're 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 getting it right, and they, they seem to work well.
1: Yeah, and am I right, Mark, in saying that that two-minute up, one-minute downhill session, did you get that from Jerry Kiernan? Because I think Jerry Kiernan's group used to do that. Funnily enough, as they were preparing for the track, which, of course, is the complete opposite of of doing trial races in the mountains, they were using it for strength. But it's actually just an all-round smashing session for getting strong, which you can then apply to speed on the track, or continue on in the summertime and get ready for an attack on the mountains. Just two minutes as hard as you can uphill, and then just float back down for a minute. And maybe you can do it from anything from starting off at eight reps and push your ride right out to twelve or thirteen reps.
0: Yeah, exactly that. that that's exactly where I picked it up. Um, down in Jerry's group, they used to meet in Marley Park, and um, Jerry, like he coached you for a while and coached me. Um, it was a great session, and. You can use it for track, you can use it for mountain, you can use it for anything. It's just a, an all round workout. The, the beauty, and I think I was saying to somebody recently, the beauty of that session is people of all abilities can do it together because somebody could maybe start a bit further ahead or they can take a shorter recovery, and you're all kind of running as a group as opposed to maybe if you're doing like 1K reps where you're kind of maybe strung out a little bit. You know, for me, that's where I found the beauty of it. You can train actually as a, as a squad or as a group and do them types of sessions. They're, they're really, really great.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, Mark, isn't it? Because I think the two of us came from similar backgrounds. two of us came from football backgrounds. And I think the two of us, while the two of us have picked up quite a lot of injuries over the years, we've never got injured training for the mountains i know you spoke about the nasty fall in albania but we've never got injured doing those uphill sessions and any any injuries we ever got it was on the track or doing lots yeah. of speed on the road so they're brilliant sessions for anybody listening in just to get super strong and just to the bulletproof those legs from potential injuries
0: absolutely it does not the pounding you know you're, you're doing a a hard climb you're getting your heart rate up nice and high maybe in, on, the, on the two minutes that you're doing it so it's getting up high very early on to get that same sort of effort over a, a kilometer or a mile rep you know it's well into the rep before your heart rate is up that high so it's a great workout and um, a little bit safer i suppose because you're not pounding the body you're, you're not covering the same sort of distance so yeah i really recommend it like it's great great yep. training
1: and just for the, the, the round off, Mark, today, we've had a lovely walk down memory lane and, you know, we went back to when an Irishman was champion of Europe and a bronze medal in the World Championships. What are you thinking about for the future time? Uh, I know you've got three lovely kids, busy job, just moved into a new house, but I'm sure that determination to, to do well and run well, it's still there. What are you thinking of for the future?
0: Yeah, so as I say to my wife, I'm just kind of ticking over at the moment, doing 70 miles a week, which is which is still a lot. Um, she does laugh at me, but um, yeah, like I, I suppose I'm trying in a way now, with the hope that something will will happen in terms of racing. You know, towards the middle end of this year, I have an entry for London Marathon, which got carried over from last year, and you know, it is a real goal really to have one more crack at a marathon and and London. I would have always watched London Marathon on the TV, so. That would be a nice box to maybe take and and run well over there. And then, yeah, definitely the the Europeans or Worlds or or even maybe the Masters and Telfers again is on. So it could be a a tour trip over there. So I would love to maybe tackle the the mountains again. The mountains is where I really, really love, you know.
1: And I think we've got the World Masters Mountain Running Championships in Ireland in 2022, if I'm not mistaken. So that'd be a fantastic goal as well. Any interest in stepping up in distance in the mountains? to use all that cross-country and and strength in any of the big ultra races, whether it's in an Irish singlet or not, any of the big ultra races on the continent or even back home in Ireland, the, the likes of a Carryway Ultra or Eco Trail Wicklow or even, even a UTMB, something like that.
0: Yeah, like I suppose the age I'm at now, I've kind of done a lot that I wanted to do. Probably London Martin is really the last one I want to take off. And then, yeah, then just try and experience different things. And, you know, I do have a lot of the marathon strength from training for marathons over the last couple of years. So, yeah, maybe tackle some of the longer stuff. You know, a new challenge. Um, and it's all about new challenges and keeping keeping the interest in the sport. So I haven't thought exactly what I want to do, but I definitely would be up for doing something different
1: yeah well listen Mark it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show today best of luck with all your training best of luck as hopefully the country opens back up racing wise as well and I've no doubt that we'll see Mark Ryan's name up on the podium whether it's in senior or in master's races over the next couple of years
0: Yeah, look, I'd just like to say thanks again for having me on today. I really enjoyed it. Great catch up. Uh, The success of the podcast that you're having, you know, it's a lot of effort, I'm sure, to pull these together. So, so well done for doing that. And I can't wait to catch up with you again, and hopefully go for a run with you sometime this year at some point been too and long thanks
1: a little, thanks a little mark no look forward to the next day when we're sharing the, the start line of a team race together because um as myself and any of our teammates over the years would say there's no better man that we'd want beside us leading us into battle and uh, they're fighting on the team for us. so uh good to talk to you mark and we'll talk again soon you too appreciate
0: it thanks again. i'll talk to you bye
1: hope you enjoyed that one everyone a really great guy mark and i've enjoyed many a training session with mark many a race where we've literally battered the hell out of each other competitive the two of us to the very end but you know what always there to support each other as well and never a bad word said between us with all those fantastic battles in training sessions and races so a great friend and a great teammate and mark thanks a million for coming on the show that's it for this week everyone thanks to Rene Bork as always from running coach ireland And thanks to you guys, the listeners, for tuning in for one year now. And I'll tell you what, if we've been able to put on a half decent show together with practically no racing over the last 12 months, imagine the fun we're going to have this year when hopefully we do have some races and some performances to report on. Bring it on. Don't forget to check us out, everybody, on Patreon if you can, guys. Three euros a month will help keep us going over the next 12 months. Let's call it a wrap for today. Everyone, get your running gear on. Let's go.